and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Bracken, my bros. Welcome to the podcast. Right before we get going, you know, I love to give some recommendations in the form of TED Talks or books or podcasts that might enhance your life in some sort of way. Knowledge is power. So I'm going to go with Mark Manson's two books, two for one special. We've got Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Hardcover is a bright orange cover, really catches your eye. And the second one is a bright teal color. And that is Everything is F'd. Uh, Shaylee just finished the first one. So... She, uh, it's, it's fresh on my brain and I finished the last one when he came out with it. Um, they're both great books for people who, uh, perhaps don't read a ton. Maybe reading, uh, like the, the wording and reading is a bit complicated and overwordy. He, he writes kind of laid back and sarcastically. So check those out. Mark Manson, Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough and Everything is Effed. He also has a, uh, a weekly newsletter and a blog. Check those out. Let's get to the podcast. Okay, so I think that at the beginning we should introduce you as um, the rap name that you mentioned earlier and the rap name that I remember from high school. What is it? What was your rap name? No, I don't. I wrote a rap. I don't remember my rap name. I feel like you've had, was it like G Mac Fizzle or something? Or, or like Mac <laughs> Fizzle? It seems like there was a fizzle in this. Maybe. Um, I felt like people called me every, like Anthony called me like Thorn Porn. Thorn Porn? No, that wasn't my rap name. I don't remember. Oh. You have Mac Torn. That's another name. That's not really a Mac. That's kind of like a hard rap name if you needed to. Mac Torn. Mac Torn. Because like you're a Mac, you know, return of the Mac. You're a Mac. And then you got to throw in the bridge story. Just Torn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's start there, Mackenzie. Oh, we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. Oh my God. Cool. Yeah, we're not starting with the bridge story. <laughs> All right. We'll loop back into it. Hey, do you ever, uh, speaking of, of recording, oh, I'm cutting out a little bit. Speaking of recording raps, do you ever hop on like the PA? before and before you do you ever do the safety thing yourself um on, on so it depends on the plane you're on so if you're on a plane without the screens and the movies available to you so that plays a safety demo so yeah. those are most of the planes i fly out of seattle um out of new york there'd be like the md90 um 717 those planes don't have the screen so you'd have to go out in the aisle does it make you nervous no, I'm so used to it now, yeah. but it's kind of weird. Just most people are on their phones. Like, honestly, when you get on the plane, do you really pay attention to the safety demo? No, I honestly, I have this thing where I try to act like I, I try to act like I've heard it so many times because I fly all the time. That, like, yeah, I but know. I think that real is I, I do actually have this thought cross my mind. Like, OK, suddenly we do go down. I think that I would be like looking around at like, okay, what do I fucking do again? Right. I think that no matter how much we think, I mean, in realistic, like I sent you the other day, if we go down, I mean, we're going to like, yeah. it's going to be, we can put our head between our laps, but we're going to just be cut up by metal in the ocean. <laughs> Jesus. We're supposed to stay optimistic, but yeah, in training, when we're getting trained on like ditching in the ocean, I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> what? Like, like can we be realistic with our, <laughs> yeah, they're teaching us how to load the rafts and which is great. I mean, but I'm like, man, if we hit that ocean, I'm sorry. Like we're like, going down. We're going <laughs> so fast. Yes. Like when you see it, it, when you see it in a movie, they do, I feel like they do a pretty good job. Like they'll just have like that just solid camera inside the cabin yeah. and then all of a sudden it'll be like silent and then they hit it and just water rushes through the, right. the inside. I mean like just being realistic. 
Yeah. Um, but solely, like the movie was solely, that was just like once in a lifetime where they landed on the Hudson, you know, yeah. and they got everyone out. That was because they just took off and there's a bird strike and you could, they weren't high enough. They'd just taken off. So they're low enough to just do a nice landing. I mean, if you're 35,000 feet in the air, they're like, okay, we're going down the Pacific <laughs> Ocean. It's like, yeah, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> how, okay, okay. So if say that you were, they may have even told you this, like how long is it on your typical, like we're going down? How long is it before you hit the, would it be like 45 minutes of like you trying not to crash, but you probably would after 45 minutes? It honestly just depends on what's wrong. Yeah. Um, it depends on the type of emergency. If there, I mean, if there's a fire, or if an engine goes out, there's two backup engines on every plane, just so mm. everyone knows. So I didn't that, know that. Yeah, so if one engine goes out, but usually um, they'll still land the plane anyway, just because it's not good for the plane. Yeah. But yeah, it depends if there's a decompression, which means the oxygen masks are going to go down and the door, that means there's like a leak um, and air is coming in the cabin. Yikes. So it depends on that. Like if something like that happens, you can just go straight down. Um, yeah, it all depends. Yeah. Cause it can get bad so fast. I, I think of, I don't know, I guess I just think of obviously movies, but, uh, like when like one airplane window breaks and then everything in the plane obviously goes to hell. Yeah. You know, of course, just a little bit of a small hole. Yeah. It would just depend on what's going on with that. A lot of the time, yeah, I had a yellow emergency, there's different types. Red is severe, but they called us and said our brake system went out. And so we had to land the plane mm. without a brake system. And so that kind of made me nervous. But even when things like that happen, I feel they're like they're prepared for it. Right. Yeah. They've so. run every I mean, it's such an intense thing. We're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yeah. It's pretty insane. I feel like we definitely have it down before we just let people pay for tickets up there. Right. And like you and I talked about the other night how people complain about stuff on the plane, but it's like, we're in this metal tube. Oh my God. In yeah. the sky flying. Like, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, people get so caught up in their like, uh, in their, I mean, entitlement, for lack of a better word, I guess, but just like, uh, you, you see it a lot in customer service, but I feel like you probably see it fairly often, you know, because people are pretty high nerves. A lot of times yeah. people are traveling, they're stressed, <laughs> um, you know, regardless of what they're doing, if you're vacationing or you're going for work, it's like stressful to fly. So like you probably get kind of the asshole side of people often too. A lot of the time, yeah. Not every flight. It's crazy. Uh, New York to LA is a really hard flight for me to work because everyone's so entitled. It's just two big cities. Yeah. Everyone's complaining about everything, I feel like. And so when I was based in New York, everyone would want to do those flights because celebrities are on them. Um, it's a huge market. They'll People live in New York and they fly down to LA to uh shoot a movie and so but I I started working on them like every, no one's in a good mood <laughs> I'm just like every, no one's happy on these flights and so I like doing flights to like Kansas City nice. because everyone's nice like everyone's just like how are you how's your day I like, think I, I think I'm flying it do you ever fly into like any small airports like there's so many that are just yeah. like these like there's like four terminals there's yeah ri- like Kansas City is one of those that's super super small Kansas City Missouri I, I, oh no I think I have flown out of there I think uh, uh yeah I, I think that's one is I think that's one they also have uh the airplanes there's a lot of airplanes yeah. airports that have these but they have airplanes inside the yeah yeah, uh, I like flying in, like, Bozeman, Montana. There's Billings, Montana, like, places uh, like that. The airports are huge, so. Those are just different kinds of people, and then people are nice, it seems like. Yeah, they're way nicer. I know it sounds crazy, but just from my experience working on those flights and being based out of New York, 
it was such a culture shock going back to Seattle. Because right. in New York, I could stand at the boarding door and be like, hi, welcome. And I'd be smiling and they just look you up and down. They don't say anything. That's oh, just that's like, so weird, yeah. that's just a New Yorker. And so you get used to it. And then when I came to Seattle, people are like, good morning. And how are you? Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm like, wow, okay. You definitely notice the difference. Yeah, like, yeah it's crazy. Flying around. Um, okay, so back up. Give me your... You are stationed, so you primarily work out of Seattle now. You're yes. stationed out of Seattle. Um, you'll have to explain how that works, but before you were stationed out of New York. Yes. Stationed, is that even the, the correct terminology? Uh, you could say that, based. The, based? Yeah, the term based out of New York, yeah. Okay, so when you when you first started out, how long have you been a flight attendant? Four years next month. Wow, that's crazy. It seems like, I know. it doesn't seem like it'd be it's that long, but it is. flown by, <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, wow, gotta said, go, guys. Yeah, um, bye. Uh, that's my that's cue. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Everybody have a good day. Drink some water. Take care of yourself. <laughs> no, but really. Uh, yeah. So when I first got out of training, nothing on the West Coast was open. So they had basically meaning they had enough flight attendants in those bases for the amount of flights going out each day. So my choices were Minneapolis, Boston, Detroit and New York. And none of the other ones really appealed to me. I was like, all right, I'm going to go big yeah go big or go home I'm gonna go to New York and I'm really glad I did it it was a really cool experience but you're in charge of three airports there so I think that's part of the reason why the base is kind of open and it's more junior uh Seattle you have to just worry about driving to that one airport but in New York it's LaGuardia JFK and Newark so they could call you and be like hey in three hours you need to work this flight in New Jersey and it takes like two hours to get there. So it's things like that. I feel like the more senior people want to be at a base with one airport. Yeah. Did you, when you, when you first started, when you first like had your desire to even maybe look into being a flight attendant, is that where you wanted to be working for this company? In New York? Well, well, well for, for Delta. I, it was never a plan. Never um, a plan? It was kind of weird how it happened. So a lot of you probably know Keela Moore. We went to high school with her. It was her dream to be a flight attendant. And so when she got the job, she would message me and just be like, you should really apply. You travel all the time. Um, even I used to be kind of scared of flying. So when she was telling me that, I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I have to have three beers to even get on a flight. Like <laughs> Every day before work. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I have this right. thing. Um, yeah, I remember one time I was flying and it was like really bad turbulence going to Hawaii. And I was like, God, I was like praying in my seat. I'll never get on another plane again. <laughs> like, I was so scared. So those thoughts were like running through my mind. I'm like, realistically, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I'm so scared of flying as is. Um, and then she kept messaging me. And I remember I was on a flight back from Arizona and going back to Seattle and I was like I spend all my money on plane tickets like she's right and so I randomly it wasn't like I was looking for any certain company she was working for Delta and so she's like I'll refer you like just apply and so at that point I was like okay I'm just I'm gonna do it I'm gonna randomly apply not knowing or thinking that I would actually get it because it's so competitive Um, and then yeah I ended up getting it. it was a really quick process and they flew me out to Atlanta for the last interview. And there were, there was like 80 people in the interview. And so when I got there, I kind of just told myself, be relaxed. Like, you know, this is just, let's just see what how it's going to go. Right. And everyone was so nervous. I didn't realize how competitive it really was. And so I t- kind of told myself in the beginning, if you don't get this, like, it's not a big yeah, deal. So trying, many yeah. other people are going to walk away and go home without getting it. 
And yeah, I ended up getting it. It was just a really cool experience. And yeah, it all kind of just happened. I'm like, well, I'm doing it. So mm, yeah, yeah it was it, never a dream of mine, but. Well, it's, it's a cool dream that still like came true. It's like you, yeah. you locked onto it. And it's cool that you have like friends who work for the same company too. So yeah, Kyla Cheatley does too. And yeah, she grew up yeah. in um, Longview. So it's kind of cool. Three of us right now are. Do you know, do you work with people? Are people just from all over? Do you know people from just different, yeah. different stations? Um, people commute from everywhere. Um, so like when I was based in New York for a while, uh, I was living with the Gebhards, and so I had a place in Washington, and then the day before I would have to work, I would fly to New York mm. some of the time. So people, I know people that have commuted to New York from London, like they live in London, and then they'll fly in to New York to work, and then they go back after. I mean, that seems so crazy, but like if you can make that work, that's actually super cool. Yeah, if you get free flights. So yeah, people are from all over, and you meet so many cool people every time I work, um, so every week I have like a three-day trip. I'm always meeting someone new on yeah. the crew, always. And then Seattle's kind of a small base, so you get to know the people there. So my trips now, I normally at least know one person on my trip, so it's kind of cool. That's nice. It's yeah. not like a completely new group of strangers every time. So yeah, that. but everyone, for the most part, everyone gets along. Like, of course, at every job, there's some people you just don't click with, but everyone's just really nice. I, I don't know. I've met so many great friends through this job. Yeah. Okay. So what are, what are the other perks of being a flight attendant? Obviously there's like, cause at the beginning it's just like, Oh my God, I want to travel around the world. And like you oh, flight attendant. Perfect. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure there's like a lot of, a lot of different things that came up or, or different things, different places you didn't expect to go to. Um, yeah. I think you've told me about this place. I definitely want to talk about that too. The, uh, uh, it's like this Island somewhere. Iceland. Was it Iceland? Or what, Thailand? It, oh, it was a place in Thailand. It was like you partied all night or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> He's over there breaking his mic. <laughs> no, just punching people in the ear. If they're in their car, they just got subbed. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm apologizing for you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <Kenzie. laughs> um, yeah. So, wait. Do you want me to talk about Thailand first or? Yeah, I got excited. Let's talk okay. about Thailand. Thailand. Um, I was actually so supposed to be there right now while I was planning on being there. But just after like going to school and stuff last year, I couldn't afford it. Um, so this is my vacation week. So I'm getting paid to do this, actually. Hello. <laughs> you're just getting paid. You're on your podcast tour now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went last year and it was just life changing. Like, I don't I don't really know how to describe it when I tell people about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm planning a trip. I'm like, it's just so magical. Like, I know it sounds really Disney, but it really is like everyone's so nice. It's so cheap. You're so free there. There's so many different things to do. Um, we just island hopped, but it was really cool. Um, we went to Fifi, and that was where there's like black light parties, and everyone mm -hmm. just like partying on the beach all night and just covered in glow paint, um, just doing different games. There's fire dancers. You just meet everyone from around the globe. How do you stumble upon that though? Like obviously, you know, you meet people in passing, but do you, is this just something that anybody can go to or? Yeah. Um, you fly in, but then you have to take ferries to the islands. Okay. So we, there's all these islands kind of lined up. They'd be like two hours on boat away from each other. So we planned it out. We'll stay on this island for a couple of days, see how we like it. And then mm. we'll go to this island. Um, Koh Lanta was my favorite. Um, 
it's not touristy at all. And I think that's kind of why I liked it a lot. And right. I think everyone should go there before it gets touristy. <laughs> I'm like bringing tourists <laughs> Bring there. Bring it tourists. Yeah. Well, does it feel, a lot of times I fear a little bit uh, that the places that aren't heavy in tourism are like less safe. Do you ever feel like uh, unsafe or anything? No, I felt, I mean, I'm sure there's crime in Thailand. I'm not going to sit here and be oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, like 100% safe. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I skimmed the area. It seemed nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, no, I felt safe the whole time. I actually would like to do a solo trip and go Ooh. back and I felt completely safe to just do that um the people on the islands were so welcoming and nice yeah the people you meet we didn't meet any other Americans it was crazy huh. we were the only Americans uh, like in all the groups of people we met they're like yeah we haven't met anyone from America it was a lot of Australians there huh. was a lot of people from the UK um, we met this guy from Sweden and we kind of made a group on Koh Lanta and would hang out every night. They're actually there right now. Oh, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, I wish I was there. I know. One of them posted and he was at like our favorite bar where we would hang out. I was like, I miss it so much. Yeah. Oh, so, that's so cool. But they go back. So two of the guys we met, they go every year for like a month. Wow. Yeah. And they go around the same time. So they're like, come back next year. We'll be here at the same time. And they are. That's like the most epic thing to do because it's you can live like a king, right? It's, oh, it's, it's so fairly... cheap. When we went, the comparison, it was like one US dollar was 33 bought mm. over there. So I didn't really save up. I like took my check that I had before I went and then I got paid again when I was there and I was fine. Like, yo, I feel like people should just like, if, if you're an American, you're like, I'm just, it's time for retirement. Just take your retirement and go over there, go over there and yeah. just ball out for six years. I've had some friends actually move over there. There's a friend from Bellingham. She teaches English over there now and just living oh, over incredible. there. Yeah. Full time. I could see myself doing something like that. Like I didn't want to come home. Have you, have you like, you know, not that it's always ever planned, but have you found yourself like your perspective changing or like, ah, oh, maybe like I do want to like live somewhere else. Have you found yourself like having going to places and kind of changing maybe where you want to end up or? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know where I want to end up. Yeah. Um, that's constantly, I don't know if I've ever really known. I do like Washington, like being in New York. It was such a cool experience, but it's so chaotic all the time. You could never find a ton of sense of peace like there are areas of course you can go to but like not having a car and everything being so mm -hmm. expensive so being there i'm like i'm so happy i got to experience this but it's time to go back to like washington right. and then now i'm in washington and i don't really know what my next move would be um but i've definitely gone places when i go to iceland it feels like home like if, if i could afford to live there I would I would love to live there, but it's so expensive. Yeah, I don't think that like people like us, because we both grew up in the area, like we're such, you know, it's such a wooded area. It's such yeah. a different co compared to New York. It's just so different. Like I was just in New York uh, within the last year and it was my, it was my first time there. And mm -hmm. I I did enjoy it. And it was very cool to like, oh, man, culture and, and people are so cool. This is great what we've built. But it's this like there definitely was this claustrophobia feeling this like uh, just, I, I felt a little condensed. Like I felt like I, if I had a couple days there, I think that I would probably be fairly depressed myself, honestly. Oh really? But yeah, I don't know. I think that might just, there's just a lot in, yeah. packed in one area, but, uh, Iceland, Greenland. Um, Iceland. Yeah. Cause there's always, there's one, it's like Greenland has ice, right? Yes. But Iceland doesn't have 
It has nice. ice. It has glaciers and stuff, but it's mostly it's like lush green. It has everything, man. Okay, tell me about it. Um, it just like it's a sense of home. So you go there, and I feel like you can find anything. There's mountains. There's volcanoes. Um, there's black sand beaches. There's blue lagoons that you can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, hot spring rivers. Like we did this hike, and you just find this river, and you go in, and it's like a hot tub. Like it's just they have everything. Was it like a far hike? Was it accessible? Or? Um, it was a. I think it was like three miles. It wasn't hard. A ton of people were doing it, but they just bring wine or like there's a ton of people just in the river hanging out. The mistake we made, we took (laughs) the red eye and got in in the morning and we hadn't really ate anything. We dropped our stuff off at the Airbnb and we're like, yeah, first day, like on vacation. Going ham. I don't know if we even brought a lot of water. Like we were just like so excited to be there. We're like, let's do this hike. And then we kind of bundled up because it's Iceland. You never really know how the weather is going to be, but the weather was okay. So we're just sweating. Like I'm like taking off layers and then I'm like, we haven't eight like i'm just thinking to myself like we're we gonna be on the news we're gonna die right like first day of vacation oh sorry i hit the mic um no it was great but yeah there's just so much there uh there's glaciers there's a lot of different tours you can do um scuba diving one of my favorite places that we saw it was like two continents it's the only place where you can swim but two continents and you can like touch both of them. Did you do it? Did you touch I it? I didn't because oh I, my gosh. But it's like $500. I'm not scuba cer- certified. Oh yeah. And so you have to be. And so one of the next times I go back, I definitely want to prepare for that. I feel like I heard that it's slowly separating though to where soon you're not going to be able to. Yeah. Um, like I saw pictures on Instagram, not from me, sadly. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, underneath, and it's looking like it is. But it's still so cool. Um, we were kind of just sitting there watching all the other divers do it. Like, oh man, I wish that was us. <laughs> like, you have a five hundred dollars, <laughs> right? Have you ever done anything like uh, like scuba diving or anything? Like, because I imagine that as you're traveling around, there's all these new opportunities that you're like, well, I, I didn't really think about getting certified, but it would be beneficial yeah. now or things like that. I would love to get certified um there's actually you can do it in seattle mm. yeah and so I've, it's cold I, I know right <laughs> i've thought about it uh also with my ears though i don't know because my ears are pretty touchy with flying oh yeah yeah i mean now especially yeah so i've definitely thought about it but one of the next times i go back to iceland i i think i'll do it and just see because you don't go down very deep like that's something that i would want i would really want to do yeah, I, I, I want to do it, and it fascinates me. Um, but I'm so weird about water. I had when we were in, uh, when we were in Jamaica, we were Mark and I. We just did uh, snorkeling, just like you, you know, you go out and the, and the people take you out, and it's safe. And I think you even probably have a life vest on if you want one. Um, and you can like duck down for a few minutes and go swim around, but you come back up and you have this. Snor- I think that's just snorkeling. I yeah. That's what it's called, right? Like the uh, little plastic one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but like the water was kind of thrashing and I was so pumped to do it and I wasn't scared at all. But then, um, the water was just thrashing so much that by the time I got out there and like tried to get my breath, yeah. I just kept getting hit with waves. And then I had this like panic that I couldn't seem to shake, but I still have this like fascination. And so I, so I want to try it again. Yeah. Um, that definitely, that's not scuba diving by any means. <laughs> I know that, but uh, baby steps, I suppose. Yeah. No. And especially with being in an unfamiliar place, I can get how you can get anxiety in places right. like that. Um, definitely my family and I went to Hawaii 
and my stepmom wanted to go swim with the turtles and it kind of the ocean kind of got like that and she got spooked and so she didn't do it and so i think it was just not knowing what can happen like you know yeah well and there's just like once you get spooked I don't know, water is just weird because once you get spooked, it's like, okay, the only way that I can feel fully safe from this is if I get completely out of it. Like, that's the way. Yeah. Because me, I remember I was just floating on my back at one point, just like, dude, chill out. Just stop. Stop freaking out. You're fine. You know, just floating along. Yeah. Um, But so backing up, we we mentioned your ears. Um, Do you want to talk about that? I feel like that's that's, that's interesting. That's something we're talking about. Um, So you have like bionic ears now and <laughs> they drain fluid down your throat that's what i know yes so when i i had no ear issues before i started flying and then i never thought about it like that's one thing starting the job you don't really think about health and like all those things you're like so excited about it um about a year after i started flying i started noticing my ears weren't popping anymore and they just didn't feel normal. Like, I don't know what it's like for ears, my ears to feel normal. I feel like there's something always off about them. Right. Um, and then the feeling would kind of go away, but then would come back like a couple months later. And like, oh, maybe this is something I could live with. Maybe it's just I'm working too much. And then at that point, they'll start to not pop or something. Um, but then it just continued to get worse um, throughout the years. And this has happened with some flight attendants that I've talked to, like, um, I ended up getting the tube surgery last year because they drill a hole in your eardrum. So essentially there's airflow and you don't really have to worry about popping and pressure because there's like keeps it open. Yeah, it's open. So you don't have to worry about it building up and then releasing. And so that has helped me in a sense with the popping. But then when I got the procedure done, I think there's fluid trapped behind my eardrum and there's just been constant draining uh, in my ears. Um, And it's not like draining out of your ears. I know it's not like you go in the shower, you know, and you have hot water and it comes out. It's this feeling sensation. I don't know. It's like dripping. I can feel drops and it's going. I mean, it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's going down to my throat and at first it happened every once in a while, but definitely it happened before the procedure too, but it's every day now after the procedure. And so it just seems like things aren't getting better with that. Right, and right. so I, yeah, I went in this last week and they think maybe it's allergies now. I don't know. We're trying to like test a bunch of different theories with that. So I bet I know like I'm not the only one. I don't think there's like a ton of flight attendants that have like severe ear issues like this, but I've talked to some because they were like, get the tube surgery, but they the tubes pop out after a year. So that's also something that I would have to do every right. couple years to get well, that in. And you go to so many shows. Like we've been we've been friends for a long time. We've yeah. been going to shows since we were both young. And I took Jake to his first show. You took you took me to Rusco, was yeah. my first EDM show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Like Little I, side note, yeah. Yeah. I do. Let's tell that story. Actually, we'll, we'll loop back. This is why your ears started. <laughs> Uh, you took me to my first show, Rusco, and um, it was right after high school. We were both going to LCC, LCC uh, Community College in town here. Um, and then I think I think it was just like you just asked me, like, do you want to go? What was that you asked me? Because I said something that was very much like noob. I don't remember. I just remember it was a school night because we had a class together. Oh. And I think I turned to you and I was like, dude, do you want to go to this show? 
And yeah. it, I think you thought it was a band or something. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So I did think it was a band. I, I did think it was a band. So I remember uh, when I like met all your friends, like because I hadn't met them all yet. And so <laughs> we go to this house, and it's someone new's house. And I'm trying to like, okay, like let, these are new Bunch people. Bunch of Let's, long people. Yeah, yeah, like I want to be cool, you know. And then <laughs> one of them goes like, "So do you do you listen to a lot of dubstep?" And I go, "Yeah, I think I've heard of them." <laughs> I, said that. I think it was Glenn. I think it I was, was talking I was Glenn. Gonna, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it oh, was Glenn. Oh. And I remember Glenn kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. Is this guy an idiot? Uh, <laughs> dude, but back then, I don't even know. Like, But but it, it totally changed my life. That was like the craziest. That was such a fun night. Like, I remember, I think I just absolutely got hammered and, and yes. flailed my arms around in a circle, I'm sure. But yeah, Rusko, it was so was much fantastic. fun. Yeah, what, at the Roseland? Is that the Rose one? Yeah. Yeah. It was a great group of people. 2010 or 11? 2011. And then was that like when we, that was first when I got introduced to electronic music was mm -hmm. around that time. It oh, was yeah. it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause then I, then I came home. Well, cause we would listen to like, um, oh gosh, not, not bass nectar. Remember Dead Mouse? like bass hunter and or, like, they're like e even older, like there was like techno, techno people. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but we would listen to like stuff like that, but never really get into it. But going to something like that live and like seeing a dude like, wait, like someone is, he's even paid to like make those sounds up there. What, how the fuck is he doing that? Like, what is happening? And everyone's just having a great time oh, and, cheering him on. Oh, and people are bumping into you and saying, sorry. Like everyone was so nice. Like I was probably a total just drunk jerk and people are just like. <laughs> Hey man, it's great to meet you, drunk jerk. It's or just, they start dancing with you. Yeah, you know, like right. we, dance circles. We always made dance circles. Yeah, it's such, it's such a sick environment. Yeah. I'm very grateful that you turned me on to the electronics, Mackenzie. <laughs> um, but your ears definitely took. I, I feel like you know you said you didn't get it tested before, um, yeah. like like doing the flight attendant thing. But I'm sure it had some effect. Just going to so many things and always having headphones on or whatever we always do. Yeah, because even in high school. Um, um, I was going to concerts and festivals. I've always just really been into music. And the, one of the first things I said to the doctor when I had to do hearing tests, I was like this, I was thinking in my head, this all can't be from flying. Well, the pressure aspect of it, definitely. But with the hearing loss, I'm just thinking about all the shows I've been to mm -hmm. and all the times we've been right there so close to the speakers and the stage. And not only that, me being a music lover, I mean, music's in my everyday life, mm -hmm. whether it's blasting in my car, in my room, um, in my headphones, you know, and so I know, I've known that's obviously not good for me, and so I think it all tied together right. in that sense. Well, I, dude, I think that's just the art of getting older, right? It's just like, oh, everything you love, I'm you can't old, have all at once. Right? You got to just slowly start balancing these things. And it's like, you can't go listen to as many hours of music and as loud as you always used to. And Yeah, I yeah. definitely, well, especially with dubstep and all the stuff we, all the shows we used to go to. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just noise. it's hard on your ears. And we would always get to the front, you know, mm -hmm. I just, yeah, at the Roseland, I remember just being at the front for a lot of shows. And yeah. Do was it Crisley? Oh, Crisley. We've seen Crisley in Portland a few times. Yeah. We were in the very front, but next to the speakers. We used to do that. Oh, I remember that show. We talked about the Bohemia Warehouse too. Yeah, the other night. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we talked. We used to go to a lot of shows. Uh, there was one that Mackenzie remembered the other night that I had gotten thrown out of. I think yeah, I was uh, out of a warehouse. Yeah, I was. I was caught buying a Molly Rancher. <laughs> Is the verdict? 
but it, but <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know what's what's so funny? I mean, I, I don't know. I was so young back then, but what's so funny is uh, I was we were thrown out, but then the the girl who sold it sold the Molly Rancher to me was also thrown out, and like we talked afterwards, and then I still bought a Molly Rancher from her, <laughs> and it was like shitty, like it like I don't I don't remember. I remember like being super unhappy about this right. Molly Rancher, and then all these shows, I mean, tied into. Remember, we th- you started throwing outdoor parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. Those were so much fun. Yeah, yeah. We, we've mentioned that a couple of times. It's cool because there's a couple of people that have been on here and you start talking like, where do we meet or how do we know each other? And a lot of people like have came into my life hearing about those parties or starting from there or whatever. Um, yeah, dude, we started throwing um, like got interest in electronic music. But like where we live in between Portland and Seattle here yeah it's it's like a it's a mega small town for sure like we have like you know our county is is fairly large but it still is small town so like electronic music is still like like the only reason it's kind of okay now is because it's like normalized in pop music you know yeah but back then it was like you you didn't you couldn't hear it anywhere like so we started making like i was so obsessed with it and our friend group was so obsessed that we started throwing outdoor parties and stuff it was so much fun yeah just uh it was it was cool i've told i've told about here but essentially what it was listener if you haven't heard of this before they were renegade parties and what i would do is i would get um a bunch of equipment a bunch of lights generators speakers um a bunch of homies who are super super good djs who are just down to throw down um and give everybody an hour slot i would essentially give people the date and the theme um so they knew like what to get and then they knew uh like what like it, general area like what count i think i would just say like it's always in this county or whatever yeah but uh and they knew the the date and then so i the day of or the day before i would release the address or the directions and you'd have to like be in on the circle you'd have to like know the right people to get the text or yeah i remember there'd be like a line of cars mm-hmm. like 10 cars following each other like yeah, going people to the create trains and stuff yeah. yeah oh man those are such good times i mean yeah everything after 21 like those were when we couldn't get into bars. We're like, all right, like this is what we're gonna do right. like, on the weekends. Well, that's what, dude. I I was like, I love this shit. Like this is so cool. My 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 whole thing is cool because as I get older, I kind of I'm preachy about it. I'm like always like I'm always telling people like, dude, do it yourself. Like put yourself on. And it's kind of funny. Like I didn't even when I first started, I just wanted to play electronic music. Yeah. I just wanted to be a cool DJ. I just wanted to hear electronic music. And so I just made my own shit. I just made my own party and I headlined myself. I made my own, I made myself cool. Yeah. <laughs> the lineup is me. <laughs> yeah. I am the headliner. But it was cool though. Like you could, hi- I mean, you could hype yourself up and like, you know, th- yeah. those things were so fun. It, they were a total blast. We've definitely been to so many cool concerts. Um, we we talk- just went to a concert this week. Yeah, we just went to to Derm- uh, Dermot Kennedy. Oh my gosh. Um, one thing I was going to, I was actually almost about to rant on Instagram just because of the nature of who I am. Um, <laughs> but uh, we could talk about this. Uh, people yelling oh, during, yeah. during the performance. Like, so, so Dermot Kennedy, he's like, he sings this just beautifully, like you're bawling your eyes out. It's such a beautiful song. I it, cried, literally. Yeah. And then he's like, he goes on the next song and he's just like, so this song was about this very difficult time uh, with my demons. And and he's just like being heartfelt and explaining this like intricate emotional song. And bitches are in the crowd just going, whoa, take off your shirt. Yeah, there were, um, I turned around because we were in the stands and there's, I swore this girl was going to fall. Like she was so drunk and just like flailing everywhere. But I mean, which 
it wasn't that type of concert. It was very right. I- intimate and yeah, just very personal. Um, like you and Shaylee talked about before we saw him, he is shy. I feel like he's very shy and yeah, it probably takes it, not takes him a lot of guts, but to just be so raw and vulnerable and like, oh, yeah. this is what happened to me and this is why I wrote this song and I'm so happy it's helping you. And then you got this girl in the background like, I want to have sex with you. Dude, yeah, <laughs> just yelling whatever comes to mind. Yeah, while he's saying it. And I'm like, just let him talk. Like, <laughs> Well, people, I, I think that I've noticed that over all the different genres. Because there's, there's a moment in every genre. Like even EDM, there's breakdowns that are just like people in the crowd are crying. Like you were just banging your head against the fucking wall two minutes ago. But now you're singing cinema, holding your best friend's hand, right. crying your eyes out. There's parts... You know, it, it's it's not the equivalent of him like explaining that I made this art in this piece. No, but it yeah. is there's moments where in the crowd your job is to shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so shut your mouth. Just That's shut your mouth. All you do. And it, but I think that people are so afraid of silence, they like panic when they have silence, when they're like, Oh my god, nobody's saying anything. I need to yell. I need to go, Woo or I need to go, Yeah or I need to go, I love you, dear ma or I love you, whoever's on stage. It's just this yeah. absurd thing that me so me, I like I'm just a DJ, so it's way easier for me. Like, it's not like it's like I'm pouring my heart and soul out or anything, but people yelling shit throws me off. Well, yeah, because like, you got so many things to do up there. Yeah. And you're trying to pay attention. And when people are, especially if they're saying like really off the wall things <laughs> to yeah. you, it's like, what? And then you stop and you lose your train of thought while you're in the middle of something. Yeah. And then I get overly emotional. And, and then you break down. And then I break down. <laughs> and then I turn off the music. Yeah. And then I just turn on the mic. And then I turn on more music, but it's just violin music. And it's just... I actually love that. <laughs> and then the lights go down and I put an auto-tune on my voice. And I say, I'm going to talk about my problems for a while. <laughs> and the club's like, what the fuck is happening? I do this all the time. I love it. I love it. I would so be like, all right, let's lay it all on the table. What's on your mind? <laughs> What's on your mind? I know. I always like when the when the artist uh, gets on the mic and I'm like, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, there was this this meme that I saw and I always think of it. Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I've been kind of going through some things lately. You're like, like honestly? <laughs> thank goodness you asked. <laughs> I've been really wanting to get this off my chest. Um, but yeah, okay. So yeah, Jake and I have been to a lot of festivals, a lot of shows. Um, I kind of want to talk about What the Fest. I definitely want to talk because about Because I didn't even know about it until you guys went. And they invited me. And then it was probably the best festival I've ever been to. Okay, lay this out for someone for someone who has like probably been to a concert. They've never knew any festival, like any massive, let alone an immersive festival. Like describe it for these people. I, um, oh God, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm like, so uh, great. Uh, 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 um, it's magical. I felt, yeah, right? Here comes like the Disney lingo. It's magical. Yeah. I felt so free. Um. It's it's one of those places I turned my phone off for like the first three days. Was it? I turned, we got there the night before mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> Mio, I just remembered. That. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you were just, no, no. You were just <laughs> shitting yourself the whole way there. I just remembered that when I said the night before. Um, 
I didn't. Okay. Okay. For everyone listening, I did not shit myself the whole way there. I was so sick though. Yeah. We, we, we took an RV there. And so be, because once you're on the fest, like once you're there, you're there. It's like you, you enter the gate, you show your tickets, you're in like, you know, they check your RV and make sure you don't have like AK-47s or whatever. But uh, once you're in, you're in. But anyway, so we took the RV there and it's this very comfortable thing. And we figured we'd have like the people who weren't driving, we figured we'd have a couple of drinks on the way. And, uh, mistake <laughs> and Mackenzie has never used Mio the uh, concentrate that comes in the small thing like the size of the smaller than the palm of your hand you squirt in a couple squirts and water and your alcohol and it's fantastic but Mackenzie thought that you needed to uh, use the whole bottle well of Mio. I was like what is this and they're like just put a Mio in it right. so I'm like all right we didn't, we didn't explain that it was a concentrate yeah know? so I like squeeze so I had water and vodka and I squeeze this whole Mio container in there. And I'm I'm drinking it and I'm looking at this the, is so dark. Like, yeah, I'm looking at our whole group of friends like at their cups. And I'm like, how how the hell are they enjoying this drink? I think mine was like fruit punch. And I'm like, this is disgusting. How much of it did you drink though? Because you uh like the whole thing? No, I didn't drink the whole thing. I think okay. I drank half because I remember turning to Kelly and I was like you guys drink this shit and everyone's like yeah looking at me so weird and i'm like try mine and i just remember he took a sip and like spit it out <laughs> right away and he's like what is this i'm like you told me to put a meal in it and they're like not the whole container oh, no. well it was all this sugar and we we're on this bumpy road in the rv oh, yeah. and we're i like was going up so the mountain. sick i was so everyone's partying all my friends are drunk dancing singing songs i'm green sweating feeling like i'm gonna puke <laughs> my guts out i think we're like going up high elevation too oh, like, yeah, we took the back way and so we're just going up a mountain you're in the in is in the very back of the RV so it's super bouncy and it was just on like gravel so it's going up and down and I'm in the back and I'm like and oh I remember I just wanted to be left alone and the bathroom wasn't working and everyone was drunk and they were peeing in this bucket remember there was like oh, yeah. a bucket back yeah. there so everyone's like hey like I'm just like trying to rest and everyone's like I gotta pee real quick and I'm like oh my god Dude, this is your life yeah you have you have plotted this out somehow it has become your destiny to <laughs> be in this situation I have the worst luck I swear <laughs> to god but no it was once I got there so the the journey there um yeah that was not fun but once we got there it was just it was so incredible so free um okay back to what I was saying I turned my phone off um, the first two, two or three days. And then the last day I was like, I want to get a couple pictures cause they have artwork. Um, there's this forest and there's, it's just so, so awesome. Like you, you start walking down this path and they, it will be just woods and then there'll be a couch with like a, a hookah mm -hmm. bar. Like right. there's hookah set up. And so people just sit on this couch a, and start a hookah bar in the woods. Yeah. Like yeah, and then you keep you go back on the path, and then it's just woods, and then you'll hit like these clamshells, like these beds where people are like laying yeah, yeah, down. I remember those. I remember those. And then you keep going, and then yeah, it's just completely dark woods, and then there's Mario Kart. Like people are literally playing like Mario Kart, and so you're just discovering all this different type of art, and like there's a paint station, and then you'll come across like the first stage, and so there will be like an artist playing, and then you can go down a different path. And you just hit all these different things that people have set up. And it's really cool. The people were, I didn't meet one person I didn't like. Um, oh my gosh. It was, 
oh yeah the the people the energy there because of the people it's like it's this understanding you have between each other like you you feel very safe there yeah and then there's yoga um yes yeah yeah and yeah i turned my phone off oh yeah and one of the stages is um three pools and so you're just dancing was it claude von stroke Claude von Stroke, yeah, yeah, he was wearing like a flamingo hat. I remember. Yeah, that was one of the artists, and it was just so much fun. It was incredible, yeah. and it was a place like I didn't need my phone. I didn't want my phone. I didn't think about like texting anybody, like any social media. Uh, I just wanted to be there, and I wanted right. to be present with my group of friends, and right. it was just perfect. I feel like if I, the, in situations like that, like or at those festivals, it feels like my phone would almost like make me like come back to reality. I'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I forgot. Like I'm living in heaven right now. Yeah. I forgot about that, you know, until you're on your phone. Was, yeah, let's talk about social media. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm all anti, I'm all anti-social media. Um, I'm back and forth about it. You are? Yeah, I feel probably like a year and a half ago, I just started realizing, I, I, I feel, I ask myself the question a lot, is this making me happy? with a lot of different aspects of my life yeah Yeah, i'll you know if i'm feeling some sort of way about something if you really have to ask yourself is it making me happy it probably fully isn't if you get to that place and so there's different things i went through through my life but yeah social media i'll be like i'll get off of it and i'll just be like why do i feel the need to spend a couple hours on my phone every day checking up on everyone else's lives like why and i do like i love keeping up with my friends it's not that i don't hate social media but it's like why is our phone this prized possession that we feel like it's like a prize if you don't have your phone all day you're like i need to get to my phone i need to look at it um see who's wrote me and stuff um and so i started out by deleting twitter because i was just like I felt like I'd get drunk and post my feelings and shit on Yeah, there. that's what Twitter's for. Yeah. That's what Donald Trump uses it for. Yeah, so I would like, I remember I woke up one morning and I was like, ah, oh, shit, like I posted something again when I was That drunk. ain't going away. Yeah, and it wasn't bad, but it was just like on there long enough where it's like, well, everyone saw it. And it, was, it wasn't it was bad. And it was just, why do they need to know how I'm right. feeling? Like, they yeah. don't need to know yeah. what that I'm going That was just like an extension right of what I was feeling at that moment. I don't overall think that. Yeah. Like, and so I feel like it's an outlet for a lot of people, which is great because Twitter's funny. Like, sometimes I, okay, I do miss it. Yeah. And, but that I asked myself, what is something you can live without? Like, what's the first app to go? And instantly I was like, I need to get rid of my Twitter. I think that's what Shaylee did too, was Twitter was the first to go. She's like, I can live without that one. Yeah, I was like, and now I don't even think about it, honestly. Like the only time people will be like, oh, someone posted that on Twitter. I'm like, oh yeah, Twitter is a thing, you know? Um, but I feel like I love Instagram. <laughs> but the thing that I'll do, sometimes I delete my Snap, like my app for like a week. Nice. And then I'll be like, all right, like if I feel like it, like I'll get back on. And so I do that. Um, sometimes it's not a week. Sometimes it's a couple of days. But sometimes a feeling will come over me and I'm like, do I really need to be yeah. on my phone this much? Um, you know how it tells you how long you had screen time? Right. I remember at one point it was like an average of like six hours a day. And I don't know. That's so crazy. I don't know if it was like Netflix involved. You know, like I don't know um entirely like i didn't look at it and to see but 
that was one of the things I'm like, whoa, like right. I'm just, there's this whole world going on around me and I'm staring at the screen for six hours a day. Yep. And that, like, I was like, that needs to get brought down. I remember like a couple weeks ago, it said two hours. And so I was like, which isn't good, good you no, know? Yeah, but from six hours, that's profound. You yeah, know? I'm like, and I feel like a lot of the time on the plane too, there's, mm. you know, on long flights, it's like, oh, there's nothing to do. You get done with your service. And one thing I've been trying to teach myself, I love reading. And so I've told myself, if I feel like I need to get on social media, pick up a book. I like that a and lot. just yeah. start reading and so on the plane I'm trying to I'm like trying to train myself to do that right and so yeah I'll just start reading a book instead of doing that yeah I think that's a really good idea um Shaylee has been doing that more lately too because she at the beginning of the month a month deleted the rest of her social media like she just wanted to take a 30-day break mm-hmm. um and she's been reading more as well I think that we uh we a lot of the things that we do we don't really like know why we do it. We, we have like, like, like our, so, so our age, for example, like we're the same age. We grew up, uh, graduated the same year. So we grew up, um, you were at a different middle school than me, but I think that we had started to get more technology, more cell phones when we were still in middle school. So the iPhone came out in 07, I think, or 08. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, but it's but it, it's just interesting. So essentially what I'm saying is, is we, like our age, we rode the technology wave, like, yeah. We, it was like, we got all the cool shit. We were like the test, we're the guinea pigs. Like our age group, um, we're 27, 28 now. You got to do MySpace. Yeah, know, we everything. were the first one, like MSN Messenger. Um, we Like we were, we got to experience all these cool things. Like right at the beginning, like when they were first popping up. Um, and they just, they carried their momentum and we just continued to use them. Um, and, and they spread out to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, and they're so cool. Like they're so cool. But there was never really up until like two years ago, there was never a moment in my life where I ha- where I stopped and said like, wait, wh- why am I using this? Like, not that it was like, oh, like you, you've just been sucked into this thing that sucks and it's terrible vortex. It's just like, no, I think that anything in your life, you should be able to take a glance at it, stop, take a glance at it and say like, hmm, do I want to do this? Do, is this, is this beneficial? Yeah. Is this what I want to do? Um, and, and I feel like, yeah, it's we had so many cool things our age, but, uh, a lot of us, I'm noticing more and more on this podcast, um, talking to more people, they kind of did the same thing. Like I just sort of noticed that it wasn't what I wanted to do. It's pulling me in a little too often. And then we find ways to, um, you know, you don't have to delete it if, if that's not what works for you. But if there's ways, like you said, I really like that. Just if you have the little intuition of like, eh, let's delete it for a couple of days a week. Yeah. Do that. I like that. I think that's good. I think it's yeah, smart. Cause I'm like, I, like, and it's weird because when I do do that, I'm learning so much more about myself throughout that week, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to get on my phone, which, of course, I still have social media. I still get on. Um, I still have posted things, you know, and I'm not saying I'm going to delete all of it. I've just really been asking myself questions because honestly, like I'm conflicted because social media, it can be a beautiful thing. Like. I follow so many artists and I learn about travel on Instagram and I follow a lot of musicians and I find out about tours and new albums coming out and I do like seeing my friends posts, you know, so it is, it can be such a beautiful thing. I think it does cause a lot of issues in relationships or just everyday Mm -hmm. life too though. And so that's why I'm trying to find that balance with that. 
Yeah, no, that's good. We, we have to find balance. We have to like set our own rules for balance too, because it's not like these companies are like trying to, I mean, there's little things where you can set your screen time and stuff. You know, there is little things like that all over, yeah. but they still take our initiative. You know, like the, the companies can offer things of um, trying to help us out and not have us just sucked into the phone all day if, yeah. if they want to, that is. But we still have to do the work and be like, you know what, I have been on my phone or... Uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try to take 30 days off or 10 days off or week off, whatever. Well, and honestly, it it is refreshing. I think, yeah, like you were saying, people started asking themselves. I feel like in the last couple of years, too, um, this last year especially, I started asking myself a lot more questions like, yeah, why am I doing this? You right. know, you never thought, I never thought about it before, yeah. which is crazy, like, now that you point that out. And then, yeah, I don't, yeah. I just been asking myself a lot about what I want and different yeah. things like that. It's it's a cool age to be. I'm enjoying these conversations on the podcast because, um, you know, so far I've had like similar age people like, you know, over between like 24 and, and 30 around that age. Um, and there's a lot of it that is definitely just maturing, you know, just becoming an adult for sure. Like that's definitely a lot of it, like just growing up in a lot of senses, a lot of these changes. But we're also at an immensely peculiar, incredible and confusing crossroads with technology and um, uh, like just just growing up with technology so close to us. And so yeah. we, we know so much information. You and I know so much because we've always had a phone at, you know, whatever, since seventh grade, since eighth grade, we've had a phone. That, think about all the amount of times that we have used that to like look up an answer and get that really quick. Those are however many answers. Those are that many more answers we have than the generation before us who didn't have the phones or whatever. Yeah. There's just so much to go into it. I mean, so it's good that we're taking a look. Yeah, you can access anything. It's kind yeah. of scary, like when you think about it. It's crazy. It. It's, yeah, I'm like, you could literally find any, most anything mm -hmm. you want on the internet if you try hard enough. Right. You know, that dark web and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the dark web. What's your favorite dark web website, Kenzie? Uh, uh, we'll talk about this off my, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's where I put my rap lyrics. Uh, no, but it's, uh, I heard this thing, Duncan Trussell talked about it one time. Uh, I don't even know if he intended it to be this like super mysterious sentence as he was describing it. But he was like, so think about technology, right? You have, um, you know, whatever jumped from TVs to like where we have starting to have computers. Um, and then they become personal computers. So they're like in people's homes. Rich people kind of have computers and they're on the desk. They're on the table, right? Yeah. And then over the years, more and more people like then, then the poor, you know, not just poor people, but like everybody, every, if you have a modern household, you have a computer, it's on the desk. And then time goes on and the computers get smaller and they get lighter. And then their laptops and you can pick it up off the desk and you can move it around. You can take it to the coffee shop with you. Um, and then you have cell phones. Uh, it's not connected to the wall anymore. It slowly took, it moved itself from the wall to be more portable. And now you can leave it, you can leave the house with it now. And now you can leave the town with it. And now it's in your pocket at all times and slowly it's moving from next to our leg here up our bodies is going to be on our glasses, our Google glasses, our, right. our neuro chips, whatever it is. It's, it's interesting. He, he basically laid it out to be this. He's like, it's like this creature who created itself on the table and it slowly has moved more incorporating with us. Like it's, it's part of us. You do not leave in, in today's modern world. You don't leave the house without your phone. It's, it it yeah. is a part of us now. Um, there's a lot of us, like, it's not that you would die and explode into a million pieces without it, but go if everybody lost their phone for two weeks all of a sudden all the phone all the phones in the world just fry we would lose our fucking minds yeah we wouldn't know what to do 
it's that's scary but no that's so interesting you said that because I've never thought about that and then it goes to the Apple watch like not only is it a watch now you can Mm -hmm. call you can text so it's like oh when you can't have your phone in your hand don't worry you have this thing attached yeah you have this thing attached to your wrist and you can see what everyone's writing you and and do anything on it well so so i study um uh you've all know harari have you ever heard of him he's a an author and a historian no you've all know Harari. he's he's awesome i uh i have one of his books actually uh but essentially i was watching this thing he talks about how uh where data is now like such a commodity like there's so much data on people they have so much information on people that it's now time where a lot of our actions aren't necessarily our own you know if, if you're if you're looking at your phone so often like if you're uh like like i so so i took my i took a year break off social media i was someone who was on social media hardcore like i love social media i worked at a lumber mill and i was able to pretty much be on social media whenever i wanted with my left hand as long as i'm working with my right hand like it was <laughs> If you're decent Again, at your job, scary. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> just there's a machine that will just eat you and not care. Just keep going. Uh, but anyway, we, we, essentially, the fact that we have uh, data points on, on everything now, everything is, is such a commodity. So you can, your actions aren't necessarily always your actions when you're always looking at your phone. Like, so being off social media, things that would, uh, this word sucks, but trigger me. Um, if I would see certain words, they would make me want to like post about it or think about it or text my friend about it or whatever. But when you don't have those words or those things coming into you, you don't have a response towards them. So let's say Donald Trump, for example, the word Trump, like if you like nowadays in this 2020, 2019, if you see the word Trump, you have a feeling attached to it. You have something like whether you hate him, whether you don't want to, you yeah. like him, it, it activates something in you, right? Like something it turns on you have an opinion no totally when you when you wake up in the morning and the news <laughs> says donald trump whatever then you're thinking of that every day so it's it's just interesting it's just very important i think for all of us to kind of look at like like who are we without the phone and if our actions are different like what's that all about is someone else kind of pushing us towards things that we maybe shouldn't be doing that we don't want to do like that that aren't our intuitive yeah actions. um it's just so cool. So I've known Jake for so long. It's so cool to see your journey. Like, yeah, yeah we've been good friends. And so just like the amount of growth the last couple of years, like even I know it probably started with you asking yourself questions as I feel like the state I'm in, like right about now, it probably started with that. Cause I know, I don't know if you want to talk about it, like just the struggle, but you've just like overcame everything you've been through and you're on top and it's just so awesome to see. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. That, and that's how it is. It definitely was. I just started questioning what I was doing. My, I was just so depressed and so, uh, I mean, I wanted to die. I wanted to take my own life. That's, that's all we think about all the time. And, uh, I, I had a night where I was just like, I mean, of course it's more than one night, but it seems like this night sticks out. And it was just like, it was like an ultimatum almost. It was like, dude, if you're going to do it, do it or like get to work and see if you can figure out what the hell's going on here. Because a lot of times we, we, in, in me especially, like things happen to us or, or thoughts come at us or like we think of things and we just think that that's who we are. We just think that every thought that pops in our head is who we are. Like, okay, well, other people can walk past a knife without thinking like weird thoughts about it. 
Like, what? Why can't I? I must just be a, an evil piece of shit, you know. So, you you have these thoughts that you assume, and if you don't stop and question them, if you don't say like, wait, what, why am I doing these things, or is that me? Is that what that means, you know? And then if you don't have the answers right away, you you start looking up books, you start searching it, you start looking on YouTube, you start listening to podcasts, you start finding other people who have had similar things, and you learn that you're not alone, and you learn that you're the problems that you're that you're going through. Um, have have end end holes that you can crawl out of you know yeah and so uh, i don't know yeah it's 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 interesting to see where it's led like it seems like i don't i I always like you know i I have my dreams and i have my like oh i could that would be cool to do but it seems like things just keep popping up like the podcast seems like it kind of created itself in a way you know it just seemed like it's like oh of course i'm gonna do a podcast it's just the next step right here you know yeah and you never know where it will lead um thank you for sharing that by the way because i know like it's hard to be open about stuff like that sometimes but i think over the last couple years um as a society it's been really great that we are more open and vulnerable about these things um because before i felt like it wasn't talked about enough um no one talked about depression no one talked about suicide that much and stuff and then the more people have opened up about it um it is normal not normal but you know you're not gonna feel common yeah you're not gonna feel 100 percent all the time and i think a majority of people do have those thoughts but then when it's not talked about you're like yeah like how you felt you're like i'm the only one that feels this way like yeah i'm stuck and it's like you aren't stuck i mean i've been a couple years ago i was at a point in that a point in my life where it was kind of similar and it was just like you just anyone listening you have to push through it's so crazy Mm -hmm. like it sounds so cliche but it's you really do come out on top and i know something else will happen again in my life where i get brought down like but that's about maturing like you i know that's gonna happen i know i'm gonna like be so upset probably this year or next year something traumatic is gonna happen again in your life but you look back at these times you're like if i made it through that like I, de- I know I'm gonna hurt for a couple months. I'm right. gonna cry, but I am gonna make it through this as well. Right. So it's just cool. I don't know. It's it's a journey, man. What doesn't kill you <laughs> makes you stronger, as Kelly Clarkson would say. <laughs> it's so cliche. <laughs> Dude, that song came on the other day, and I was like, I want to yell this song so loud. It's so tight. That's a great song. Honestly, you should probably sing it on the podcast right now. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Try a little harder. I don't really know that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I can honestly say I think that's the only I mean, lyric can, I know from that song. We can put a peg in it. I can look up the lyrics. I can grab the guitar. We can just wing it right now while the, while the guests are listening. <laughs> yeah, this isn't really a podcast anymore. We're just going to start a band, honestly. This is a band cast. Yeah, a band cast. Welcome to the band. Gotcha, listeners. <laughs> I can't sing. I can rap in the background. <laughs> No, I'm not going to rap rap. Have you Have you thought of your raps yet? Have they been floating around yet? No. So I wrote this rap in high school and it was at Mackenzie Haas's house. She threw really good parties. Um, And so I I wrote it with Scott Graves and Ian Fulton. And I just remember we, us three sat down and we're like, Mac, we're going to, we're going to write you a rap. And we just like went back and forth and, 
it's about me. And then I remember I stood up on the kitchen island <laughs> at this party so fun. and I wrapped it. Like I read it off this paper. I wrapped it. And I remember like everyone was cheering me on. I'm like, haha, whatever, you know. I thought people would like forget about it the next day and it kind of just stuck with stuck People with just me. think you're a legend now? <laughs> no, it was not good. Like, let's just make that very clear. Um, but I remember I like- kept... We'll let the listeners decide. Wicked, <laughs> <laughs> wicked, what? No, um, I uh, kept the paper and I remember I like brought it to school with me and I ended up memorizing it. And so if I would get drunk at a party and someone would bring it up, I would- I would wrap it. I still know the wrap, but no, there's no, See? there's no way. Yeah, no, I know it for sure. I think that <laughs> I, I, I'd be willing to bet now. Uh, I mean, I guess I get a little bit when we work with interns when I'm uh, like flying around. Uh, there is more access, like young kids in high school have more access, like making beats and like putting auto tune on their voice and like rapping and stuff like that, which super excites me. I'm wondering, like, none of us really had that back then, like just rapping for fun. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that happen. It's something that I talk about on this podcast a lot is like kind of that mindset of like, dude, you don't have to make music to be famous. You don't have to make music to show it to anybody. You don't have to yeah. play guitar to show it to anybody. You can do these things because it's enjoyable for, for the human experience to rap over a beat with your friends or, yeah. uh, you know, play some, like mess up on guitar or fail and play some terribly wrong keys on piano while you're learning. Like, uh, it, it's really cool that uh, nowadays I'm seeing, I guess, a little bit more and more uh, kids being able to try it. Although I do think they're trying to get famous, which sucks but <laughs> which sucks. sucks no music is such a beautiful thing I mean it's such for everybody it, it's one of the number one parts of my life like I don't know where I would be without music um someone like Dermont like just so raw being able like s this guy is able to write a song and you can just feel the emotion like you can his lyrics it can relate his songs can relate to anyone like you right. listen to him I mean I I started crying <laughs> at the concert during my favorite song. And I remember the first time I ever listened to it in my car, I just broke down and started crying. Which song was it? What? Um, it's called Without Fear. Without it, Fear. Yeah. No one got Shaylee too. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the name of the album and it's the last song. But I remember listening to the whole album and I didn't cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And then this last song, he like closes it out and he's so raw and you can relate to it. And you start thinking back on times in your life, what you've gone through. And like, I just, the lyrics just hit me so hard. I just started bawling in my car. I knew when he played it on Tuesday, I was going to cry. <laughs> Do you think, I, I was thinking about, of course I was, but I, I was thinking about uh, like, what's different for like people like you and I, we've always gone to so many concerts. Like what is different between you and I and the motherfuckers who just think they should yell? Like if, <laughs> maybe they're just drunk, sure. Yeah. But, so there's something that like you can kind of look around a room and people who are, let's say you have a room full of people who are self-conscious, for example, or people who aren't fully there for the artist. Um, they're going to be kind of engaged with their phone. They're going to be kind of like looking up at the stage, but also like if there's someone that moves, they're going to like look over at them. They're going to be listening to the sounds right now. They're not super engaged, but there's this thing that I don't know that everybody knows you can do. It's this magical gift that you have as a human. I'm not, I'm not going to end this and say, shut the fuck up. I swear. But, but no, no, no. Okay. No, I'm serious. So there's a thing that happens when you're at somebody, you, an artist that you like, um, an artist that you've never seen before. Like you can, your visual perception, you're looking at the stage, right? And you zone off to this degree of like, 
like to where there's nothing that can make you move your head at all besides like bouncing to the beat. But like you almost kind of like blur what you're seeing. Like it's a, it's a thing that's like normal for you and I, like we've been doing this forever. So it doesn't seem profound, but I'm actually, I think that actually there's many people who don't give themselves this. I think they don't allow themselves to just like, dude, next time you're at a concert, next time you're at a show, gaze at the dude on stage and commit to like not looking anywhere for 20 minutes just or 15 minutes, whatever it is. And just be just a lot, uh, unlock your jaw and drool if you need to. Like just stare at the, the lights and be in what this artist is saying. Completely remove yourself. Don't add yourself. Don't think that you need to yell. Like clap if you want to clap. Cool, but yeah. But remove yourself. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzing. Is no. I feel like I I can relate. Like I do that because I love music so much. Mm-hmm. And not when I like an artist, um, seeing them live is just such a beautiful thing because you know how for someone to get up in front of an audience that big i mean like i've seen people at the modus and you know like these are huge stadiums yeah. for them to get up there and just be so raw like not only they recorded this album alone you know like yeah. they could be raw alone but then they have to bring it to the stage and stuff and i just feel like people need to respect that and people right. don't understand that i've met a lot of people though so a lot of our friends, like some of my friends don't really appreciate music, which is great. Like, I think I'm just like so invested in music, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel, yeah, like I feel like they don't really see like some people, they're like, oh, I didn't really like listen to the lyrics. I'm like, do you get this song? Are you hearing what yeah. this person is saying? Is like crazy what they just said? Yeah. And then some people are like, eh, like, or if it's um, not the beat that they want, you know, there's so much beautiful music, mm-hmm. uh, like the genres that I love the full range like i love everything but if it's not like upbeat if it's slow they're like no i can't listen to that right you know and so but if you really just take time to listen mm-hmm. and just put yourself in the artist's shoes like you're saying like at the concert just yes. really focus yeah. on that artist i mean you paid money to see them already why wouldn't right. why wouldn't you you know but no i totally agree yeah it's, it's such a beautiful thing that like everybody has access to and nowadays the production like like he's not a huge artist right now, but like he's able to have enough money to like, I mean, like his lights were sick that like the stage effects were sick. His band was sick. They yeah. had like a lot of cool, like it sounded great. You know, nowadays, any concert you go to visually and um, hearing wise, hearing wise, that's not a great <laughs> sense, but uh, it's, it's going to hear, it's going to look and sound great nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely like something awesome that we have. I know it's kind of selfish, but Cause like, I feel like we discover a lot of artists that maybe people in this town don't know. Um, like Brockhampton, for example, a lot of, like, I feel like they're becoming more famous, but at first people were like, who's Brockhampton? Like, what is a Brockhampton? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, but I don't know where I was going with this. I lost chain of thought. Oh, I was saying, um, sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I totally zoned out. Um, I said, maybe it's selfish, but when these people are so good and then I feel like sometimes when they become famous it just like I'm I want all these artists to have so much big success but then like I just feel I don't know how to describe it you know what I'm talking about yeah it's this bittersweet moment where you watch an artist grow and you're like you deserve this and I knew you'd get here but also I selfishly just wish it was 150 people in the crowd yeah you you touched my hand because it's such a small crowd yeah I remember um before Odessa was even like a thing, I was living in Bellingham and I saw them play for free. Like they the were buff? 
no at the college like they literally oh, were they were going to western and they played out on the lawn for free like no one a ton of people didn't know who they and i remember like watching them and being like wow like i really yeah. like these guys and then, then it's been so cool to watch them go from like the buff to barclay center in new york like they yeah. sell out three nights at the wamu in seattle and like you have this they're like yes you made it but then it's like oh it's hard to get tickets now <laughs> and all these different right. things when your favorite yeah. artist blows up dude they're they're like a the, odessa is one that i'm never I, I i'm always shocked with odessa at who people who likes it like there will be people who like put it on or listen to it or i'll say odessa and they'll say they like it and i'm like wait oh wait you like odessa like cool so many different types of people it's, it's definitely a, a a a language that everybody yeah. shares you got your odessa <laughs> or how many times have you seen odessa just once or eight just once <laughs> um yeah i think the last time when i saw him in bellingham was eight if i counted correctly when, when was the best time that you saw him do you remember oh my gosh um i don't know every time so special um i really so i mean it's different i saw them do a dj set at the buff last year which was really cool like it wasn't there they were just mixing a ton what, of different what's the difference music. between a regular set and a DJ set for listeners who don't know? Um, so their regular set, they have songs on their album mm. um, that they perform, and it's just like strictly their own music that they're right. performing. Uh, with the DJ set, they'll mix anything from like top forty to they just mix a ton of songs together. So right. you could be hearing Cardi B, and then they'll mix in one of their songs with it to a different beat, and then right. it will go to a different song. It's not full songs, different clips. Right, of right, songs. Right, right. Did I describe that right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, a, a lot of times they do like a like if they have three artists in the band, but they only have two, they'll say it's a DJ set because it's not going to be the full thing. So they'll kind of oh yeah, switch like it on artists, too. like the festival lineups and stuff like right, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Nero, Nero did that often because they would. I think there's three people in Nero, but they would only ever travel with one or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the buff was cool because every time I've seen them, it was their music, which is great. Um, but they just like. We're having so much fun. Um, Clay was hammered. <laughs> so there's two guys in Odessa. One of them was doing all the work. <laughs> and the other guy was just on the mic. He's like, fuck yeah, <laughs> Bellingham. Like, let's party. And then Harrison just sitting there, like, <laughs> doing all the DJ work. Slightly. And then it was, I just remember looking at my friend. And Clay wasn't even facing the stage. Like, he just had a beer. He was holding his beer up, and he's looking at, the like, the projector behind him. Like, oh there are, God. yeah, he's not even he's looking. Like, these are our fucking graphics? These are sick? Yeah, he's literally just, like, dancing <laughs> and facing the back wall. And I was like, dude, he's so fucked up. But it was just really cool. Like, they were just having so much fun. Yeah. Well, Clay was definitely having so much fun on the stage. But um, it was cool to see them in an elephant like an element like that and we were super close because the buff is such a small venue in bellingham so yeah. um but the other time i don't know i don't the time i saw them at the wamu this last tour was pretty cool i mean i know it sounds weird to people that don't listen to music but it was kind of like a journey like from the very first song Mm. they literally take you like it it didn't feel like a concert it felt like an experience no oh, that's that's absolutely what it is yeah. that's what I, I think there so there is we were talking about like differences in different kinds of music. Like there's certain music people go to party. They go to get drunk. We're going to go out. We're going to go like, we're going to see this DJ. We're going to go see this guy and he's kind of party. We're going to dance around. That's like a whole different genre of music that it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to paint this story with sound 
and you're going to decipher it with your soul. You know, no, it's so beautiful, <laughs> it's very, though. They're, they're, but it's hard. I feel like these lines get mixed up a little bit. But there is totally like uh, Porter Robinson came to mind when you're when you're t- saying. Yeah. Did you did you see his World Tour? I didn't. I saw him. I I feel like the only time I saw him was in Vegas. Okay, so that was that was more of like a party oh, wait, set, I, I'd say. But um, or maybe Coachella, he. Oh yeah, yeah. He was doing world, worlds. It was, Coachella. but he was playing with someone else. It was when he was he did a tour with someone else, and they were both on the stage. Oh, like Madion. Maybe, or? yeah. It was like two yeah. guys, but. Huh. Yeah. But, but either way, like it, 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 it's so cool. You have these guys like Odessa and, and Porter Robinson, and there's so many that they create. I mean, because because you know, it, it can all be measured. Like frequency hurts. All, all these things. Like music is all. Uh, it hits different emotions, you know, like when I'm speaking, when you, when you hear people like, uh, uh, chanting or the home or the, or the different chants, they hit like different areas of your body, the chakras of your body, the energy centers of your body. Yeah. And I don't know if you, if you can get a We're whole, like both smiling, even talking about know, this. It's right so now. exciting. Well, because dude, so you much. can get the, if, if you're open, if you're open to experiencing it, you know, this is something that like an outsider who has never been to a rave or an outsider who has been to a rave, but they only went to get fucked up. Like they, yeah. you know, they, they only went to an electronic show because they, it was a chance to, to do Molly or it's a chance to party and get drunk or see chicks and, and thongs or whatever it is that people go <laughs> to rave. It's definitely sometimes. the chicks and thongs. Yeah. I mean, that's why I go. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, just <laughs> But it's if you go with the open mindset of it, you can seriously experience something like I don't know where else you can I mean, church church. You can experience something it's like so, that. But otherwise, it's like you don't get that feeling. It's so weird. Um, the Odessa show I was talking about, I saw him at the WAMU and I I posted Odessa felt like church. And that, but, that was like my absolutely. caption because I brought my friend Ashley and she had she loves Odessa, but she had never seen him. And I just remember being in the car like we we're in the parking garage. And I'm like. Cause I had already seen the tour in New York. I had bought like another ticket and I was like, I don't know how to describe this to you. Like it's a journey. Like they're literally going to take you on a journey. And she was just mind blown. She's like, I've never been to something like that. Just like the way they make you feel, you can literally feel emotion through artists. Like it's so crazy. And then just like the, the bat. Yeah. Like you're saying the lights, the visuals, just everything that they put together is so incredible. Yeah, it's it's very profound. Uh, I was listening to an interview. There's an interview clip. I took it from a sample. Uh, I don't know. It was like John Lennon or something. He was it's something from the Doors. Essentially, they were talking about like the future of music. Like it'll be one person, perhaps, like with different tape tape recorders, and he's playing all the music and and all these things. This is back in the days of bands and when they're when we're still just writing music that way. And mm-hmm. then years later, you have um, electronic music starts to come up, and then you have DJs, and DJs are controlling all the thing. And uh, the world of electronic music, I feel like a lot of people who don't listen to it uh, don't realize how intricate and how in-depth, how far people have explored down the sound like tunnel when it yeah. comes to when it comes to this stuff. Like these people are doing incredible stuff and the technology keeps improving. Like I'm I haven't fully figured it out, but I'm fairly able to run uh, my own lights while I DJ now like that's awesome live um it's it's kind of hard like like and this is without having a whole separate like light setup like i can do it and have someone next to me to run lights but uh everything is getting more uh connected in that world and so dude the next you know five ten years 
with, I don't know if we're going to add virtual reality or what the hell we're going to add on stages, but it's going to be crazy as shit. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) What's the, what's the, just whatever pops into mind, if you can think of anything, what's like the craziest shit you've seen at concerts? Like I was thinking about like the giant owl at Travis Scott. That was so wild. That was just so big. Uh, Justin Bieber, his purpose tour had this crazy like LED light cage. Uh, it was like something I'd never seen before. Actually, That's the one was, tour I didn't go to of his. It was so fucking good. It was so great. Um, I don't. Honestly, I've I don't know. I've seen a lot of artists, yeah. um, like lift up off the stage. You know what I mean? Like oh, in yeah, different that's things. Cool. Um, Have you ever seen where they lift up and they like float above the crowd? Yeah. So I saw Taylor Swift and she did that and yeah. she like had an acoustic guitar and she was doing that. I've seen a lot of stuff like that. Um, I I know what you're talking about with the Travis Cube because I saw him twice during that tour. I don't know what's the craziest thing I've seen. Honestly, like an object, not visuals, like a yeah, I mean, any of it really, but I feel like an object is what popped into my mind. Yeah. Just because it's so quick. Like, they, somebody designs that giant object and, like, now we got to travel around, <laughs> you know? Right. I honestly, sorry, podcast. I have a blank on this one. I don't, You're drawing a blank. Okay. I'm drawing I, I, I a have blank. A, I have a great replacement for that. Okay. Tell me about uh, Eminem at Guffball. Oh, my. P- paint this picture for the listeners because I feel like when you told me, uh, you, I might have texted you a couple days afterwards or we talked or Snapchatted or something. Oh my gosh. So I went to GovBall, which is a festival in New York. Um, I feel like a lot of people here probably wouldn't know about it, but which, okay. My, my listeners aren't just here. That I have people across the US. I hope one of you have been to GovBall. Okay. So it's a great festival, but it was like, I don't know if it was all ages or if it was 18 plus, but there were a lot of young kids just like... <laughs> not there for the music let's put it that way just like i remember i was sitting trying i was watching damian marley and this girl this girl's so hammered i'm not 21 can you buy me a blue moon it was just like constant if they saw you had a wristband like it was so many young kids Dude, that is that's a weird feeling You're yeah like, get away from me kids yeah it was a lot of people weren't there for the music and they were just i mean i've been trashed at a festival obviously but i'm talking trash you know when you're young and like can't hold your alcohol and you're excited and you're at a festival like it was just kids falling all over yeah just a lot it of, was like me at rusco <laughs> yeah us back then <laughs> when we were 18 so it was a lot of that i went with lauren was like man i love the lineup but i don't think i could go again just because of the crowd there yeah, um people but, people can suck but the the setup was great they had all these different like food vendors from new york oh just it was really cool like their art and they just had different bar areas. Um, it was really cool. But I want to say it was the last day. And I mean, if you've ever been to a festival by the third day, you're like, you're tired. You're still going at it. But you're like, oh, I'm tired. Like you've been going for like 15 hours yeah, you're straight. Toast. You're yeah. toast. And your feet hurt. And I remember we were at this tequila bar and we we're sitting there having margarita and Eminem was going to play. And I, as a group, we're like, okay we'll just go check them out for a little bit you know we're just that tired and so that ended up being the best show of the whole festival so it's pouring down rain and everyone he's playing 
all of his old songs. Like everyone just singing, dancing, and then brings out fucking 50 Cent. 50 Cent. And my mouth just dropped. I remember I was like, what? Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it was awesome. He brought out another rapper too, but I think he was like a local New York guy. Um, but when he brought out 50 Cent, oh my God. Like I just like, it was. What, what, what track did they do? Do you remember? What? Do you remember what track they did? They did In the Club. Is ass like that or is that Nate Dog? Is 50 Cent on ass like that? I don't know. Shake that? I don't know. No. Yeah, they sang, They did like three tracks. Um, they did In the Club. I want to say, what's the song? It's like, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to wrap it. I was just hyped. Here we go. I'm going in. Go shorty. It's your birthday. I think it's called Go Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even, I don't even want to know what that just sounded like on there. I'm going to, I'm going to loop it and put a beat under it and just going to have six have, minutes right there. I have videos I can look back at. And then I know he's saying baby, buy me a baby, buy me oh, yeah, be yeah. a millionaire or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember that track. Well, I'm so not on my rap game right now, but yeah. So it was just the whole setup was so cool. Like the whole crowd too really made it because it's pouring down rain. All of us are soaked. It's the la like this is closing out the festival. Right. You know, you've had this great weekend and we almost didn't go. It was so crazy. And then it ended up being the coolest thing ever. And um and Eminem did great. All the old tracks. Like it was just such a throwback show. Isn't it crazy like how because we've probably been to multiple each been to multiple festivals where like this has been the case where it starts raining and you'd think there is like a little bit of the initial like oh fuck but then within two minutes everybody is like no oh, fuck it's raining that's we're still yeah. doing the thing and then it all of a sudden turns into almost like more of a party mode sometimes yeah like I a, feel like it does <laughs> yeah dude I, I feel I'm trying to think it might have been like it seems like tip my tongue maybe Diplo or something I've been to some, I've been to another like one that got wild because it rained yeah, I I don't get upset at rain. Well, first of all, you're so sweaty at a show. And you, you know, like if you yeah. haven't been to a festival, right. we're talking thousands of people crowding to go to the stage. I mean, you don't have room to move. Like yeah. you're just like, you're stuck. People sweat. Are, it's all over yeah. you. Like, you're, you're lifting your arm up and the person next to you who you don't know is, is putting their armpit into your armpit yeah. and you're just hugging each other's armpits. You're That's what you do at a festival. Yeah, you're covered you in armpits. sweat. And so I feel... I love when it rains. Like, I just, I was so happy that night. Like, I just like it. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I like my hair or something. Oh, but, dude, fuck your hair. It's a music festival. Yeah, like, and you're so sweaty by that point anyway. Um, but no, it was definitely a party. It was so fun. I feel kind of, it was like three tracks. I'm so sorry that I can't remember. I don't expect you to memorize every Eminem <laughs> song. Mackenzie, that's okay. No, the 50 Cent ones, I'm like thinking in my head, but. I'll have to pull up the videos. I do remember uh, the song Disco Inferno by 50 Cent in mm -hmm. seventh grade. Uh, I danced with that in a, with a couple homies on the talent show. We, oh, Yeah, okay. yeah. We definitely snuck that past the principal. <laughs> he didn't know that song was coming for show. Okay, wait. And then, because I didn't know you in middle school, but we met on MySpace. We met on MySpace? Do you, yes. do you remember this? Yes. Because it was, we started chatting on myspace before because you went to huntington i went to cowieman yeah. and i remember it was like gunner and a bunch of people i felt like we all added each other from Cal right, right, I mean, right. from cowieman and we all didn't know each other and then we yeah. all became friends so that was the dynamic for, for so kelso high school our because our graduating class was pretty fat i think it was like around four or five hundred there was like quite a few people yeah. but um so when you when we went into ninth grade 
was it did we go the year that like the eighth graders also came with us or something or, or ninth graders came up? I think so. I know what you're talking about. They, like, they made that switch. Yeah. They made the switch. Cause it used to only be like 10th, 11th and 12th grade in high school or something, yeah. but they made ninth grade. But anyway, so there's essentially two, um, uh, big middle schools and that was kind of the thing. Like the two middle schools, finally they like converge. Yeah. And there's like this <laughs> first like meshing when you like meet everybody and social media, that was the thing. Like social media was still new, but it was, I think that was definitely a thing where it's like, you go home and you look them up. You try to see if they have a MySpace yet. Yeah, remember top eight. <laughs> top eight. Top eight. That's where. I feel like you're probably in my top eight. I feel like you you probably were. Oh no, I was. Yeah, for sure. We were. Yeah, we used to like talk a lot on there. I don't know what about like. Well, we, we used to write we were, each other notes too. Yeah, we we're we we're kind of emo. Like, Jay, kind of emo. Okay, we were definitely. I started emo. ninth grade with. I think I started ninth grade with half black, half pink hair. And at one point, you had like three colors. It was like yeah. white, black, and then he wore this really cool red eyeliner. Yeah. Yeah. I've been repping. Yeah. I've been getting threatened to get beat up since day one, son. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I remember my mom really wanted me to shop at Hollister and stuff. She wanted, like, same, I'm wearing like all black right now, but my family's like, you need more color. Like, you don't wear any color. I just remember I just bought everything from like Zoomies and PacSun and like all right. those stores and it was like Hot Topic, but it was all black stuff. Like I remember uh, we would, I would wear a lot of black too because uh, we would shop, like me and my buddies, me and Gunnar, we would go to like Warp Tour. We'd go clothes shopping at Warp Tour. Like we would, that's like where we'd get our band shirts. You know? Yeah. And the, dude, you felt so cool. Like having a, having a band shirt in high right. school, you're like, I'm fucking cool. I was there. Well, it's so crazy now because I feel like, I mean, I dress up sometimes, but I just moved houses. So I was like moving all my clothes in my new house and like most of them are literally just like band t-shirts right yeah and i'm like oh this is like a majority of my closet like i should probably buy more color and i should probably buy some different stuff i don't know though i think the random conversations i get into because of my clothes have always seemed to prove worthwhile so like if i'm wearing um like uh, i've had a conversation about puya this rapper puya mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of people who like listen to to like that that side of rap and i have uh one of his tour shirts and that sparked conversations more than once i think yeah uh, it, it's just like you kind of like band t-shirts are cool because they pick out people in the crowd who you're like oh wait you like that person and, yeah. and, and sometimes it could even like create this barrier that drops down and yeah. that person doesn't feel afraid to just completely walk up to you and be like hey I like that band a lot too. I like your shirt. I was, um, I was like, that was cool. Yeah. It's also like created friendships. It's crazy. Cause I remember last year I wore an Odessa sweatshirt to the triangle. I went out one night and it was like three people I never would have expected. They're like, Oh my gosh, I, I saw them live. Like I went to Seattle and saw this tour or I wore like a Rufus shirt. Um, to the star and someone came up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I love Rufus, you Epic. know? So I'm seeing them at Red Rocks. Oh man. Yeah. This summer and Red Rocks has always like been on my bucket list for years and I actually have like a note in my phone. I'm so <laughs> cheesy with like, I have a list of like bucket list stuff I want to do. That's not cheesy at all. And, um, I have a lot of lists <laughs> and, and notes. Um, how do you hit the dart to the target if you don't create a target mackenzie yeah i think you true. got it going on you i got it. yeah i like to write a lot but i made this list and i was looking at like things like burning man you know i have different things on there 
I want to do uh, Great Wall of China, <laughs> just different oh, stuff. Oh, I'd love to do that too. Yeah. I want to go to the end that's like not the touristy part, the part that's like kind of abandoned. I think you have to walk quite a bit. But yeah, the whole, the whole the, wall. You have to walk that. Dude, I would walk the whole wall. It'd be I know, sick. me too. If I'm It'd going, I'm doing the whole thing. I mean, I, I think that I read that, I don't know how accurate this is, but I think that I read that they actually have the bodies. Like if you died as they were building the Great Wall, they'd be like, well, fucking add them to the wall. Put him in there. Oh my God. Brick around him. I think that's awesome, honestly. I don't know if that's true or not, but I want to believe it. You know, I'm going to go look awesome for faces. Way. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like looking at this list um, probably a couple of months ago and Red Rocks is on it. And I'm like, I fly for free. Why have I not been to Red Rocks? Like it's ridiculous mm. that I haven't been yet. And so it was just perfect a couple of weeks ago. Um, they posted on Instagram, we're going to our favorite venue. And, and they, I like, before I finished reading, I'm like, I know they're going to Red Rocks. And I bought a ticket for Wednesday night and I have one for Thursday night. That's not that surprising. I know. I know. (laughs) I'll buy. Yeah. So I know like with Odessa, yeah, I went to their show and then I was like, nah, got to go to another one. So I bought another ticket. So yeah, I have two tickets. It's so cool. But sometimes when it's an artist that you're obsessed with, like last night, Dermot or or two nights ago, Dermot, um, that's my third time seeing him. And it's like, it's, it's even if they're doing the same set, which is most of the time they're not, but it's totally different show. Like there's so much, you're like, I didn't notice any of those things last time because you're, yeah. you get so transfixed. I love going to see an artist more than once because I feel like you get to like really explore their set, really explore what they're trying to say. Yeah, especially like with Brockhampton, um, every tour they have is so different. Yes, it is. They yeah. all, the way they put their show together, um, they're, so they'll have, what would you call that? Like the backdrop screen, mm-hmm. like at a show. Yeah. Um, they'll play like one tour, they played a couple songs and then they stopped and played a video of them asking each other, like what, cause it has multiple members. Um, so they'll be like, what does sex mean to you? They'll ask them just random questions right, and so right, like right. three of the guys will answer and they're completely different. They'll just stop the show and play like these random videos with random questions yeah. and then they'll pick back again, pick up again and then they'll play a couple songs, do something different. And like, uh, that's like an experience too. They do different things. They dress different. Each album is different entirely that they have. So I, I think I could see more. I was just, like I was just saying, like the DJ world, like gets more and more in depth, like more and more things happening on stage, more of an experience, just like immersive festival we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. Like to, it's going to be cool to see, uh, more of the immersive like concert, just like the night out is like this immersive experience, not just going to look at a stage, you know, yeah. it's more and more. Um, Brockhampton, uh, I wanted to just explain who they are really quick for any listeners who don't know. So, um, and you probably already knew this, but did you know that they met on the Kanye to the forum? I do, yeah. Yeah, so there's a Kanye West forum, this group, Brockhampton. Um, Kevin Abstract is kind of like the, the leader, the, the head. And uh, from my understanding, he essentially posted on Kanye to the, and was like, I want to start like a boy band. I want to start a group mm-hmm. um, who wants to fucking move out to LA and join me. Um, and I think it was LA mm, or, yeah. or San, was it Santa Monica, San, no, California? Yeah, they moved to LA, but they all lived in... Um, Texas. I don't, I think it's like Corpus Christi or mm. they lived somewhere in Texas and they moved to LA. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought that, that they didn't know each other in person before. I thought that it was like a purely internet meetup. Um, no, no, it was. Okay. Yeah. But then they all moved to LA. Yeah. But I think they all lit some, of, I want to say like a couple of them knew each other, but definitely not right. all of them at yeah, all. Yeah, well, and they're like, like the people who are on stage, uh, you know, th- there's rappers and singers, like they kind of do everything. They're like the, like the song Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, like every one of their songs is like that, but modern. 
Like it's like, or there'll be one of their songs will just be like slow Mm -hmm. and beautiful. And like, they're just very experimental. They're very cool. Um, But they, they credit their, like their videographers, like their uh, producers, like, I don't know, like they're the other people that work. They're part of Brockhampton. Yeah. They're all Brockhampton. Like they're not like just the dudes who are on stage. Like that's the performers, but they consider their whole group. Yeah. Like the manager, um, the people doing the visual, yeah, they just like the producers, they consider them all Brockhampton. How do you feel about Amir? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> man, okay, so th- this short controversy, Amir was one of the members of the group. Um, and essentially he got like, uh, he was like mistreated a, a, a woman. Like he, he did something bad um, and the internet like found out about it and the internet was like, uh, he needs to be kicked out of the band. Fuck that. And they had just signed, my understanding was they just signed with RCA. Yeah. And in order to keep that contract, it was like, RCA was like, we can't deal with the drama of this guy. Like, like he's got to go. Yeah. Like he like said something to me. He like treated a woman bad. I don't know if he like beat the shit out. It wasn't like beating shit out of a girl or anything. I don't think, but I heard like, I don't know what's true because it's the internet. You know, right, you, like right. these could all be, I heard the same thing. Like it had to do with a woman. And then I also heard that he set up like a robbery to get like one of oh, us shit yeah yeah like one of his friends robbed he was like behind on it and then they all found out right i forgot i think you even told me about that yeah so i don't but i mean these are things circling right. like we it's don't it. know their life we don't know yeah. if this is true. <laughs> essentially he he was removed from the group and i was just saying from as a listener's perspective like he, dude his flows are hot like he was such a great contribute contributor to brockhampton in my opinion like yeah. but I did see them. Uh, we saw them at Block Party, uh, like after he had been kicked out and after they had kind of like gotten back on their feet and they're yeah. performing more. And it transformed them. Yeah. Like, like they were they were more they were more themselves than I had ever seen them. Like they came out uh, without without Amir. Like this is probably a year later. Yeah. And man, they they had all like fucking butterflied in different ways. And yeah, cool. they were awesome. Um, I felt like I really love their saturation albums with that which they have like a trilogy um and amir is on all of them but their albums like after that just like really blew up as well i felt like with all the drama they just really put their heart and soul into that next album yeah and yeah it was great okay give listeners uh two dermot songs to check out and then two brockhampton songs to check out if they've never heard either of these people okay so I feel like, should I say the songs I like or that the general population will like? Because I feel like that's... I don't know. I feel like pe- people like, will trust your recommendations. Uh, I, I would trust your recommendations. Um, your favorite is totally fine. I would say Without Fear, but just letting you... That's really slow. It has like a really good buildup and a lot of oh, emotion. Um, but it's not something you go in listening to like... Oh, yeah. like I'm going to jam out to this. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is like song. you're sitting thinking about your feelings and like yeah. reminiscing on your life. Yeah, it's some winter music. That is my favorite song is Without Fear. Um, I also, so the most popular songs outnumbered. So I feel like people like that. But I also, I really like All My Friends. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Yeah, on a, and that's a little more upbeat for people. I'm trying to like give them something like slow. Right. You want to like cry? <laughs> you want to uh, you y- want to cry young, in your bed? Listen to this. Young you and free is kind of it's kind of fat. Well, in power over me, I guess is, is and also glory kind of, like builds up too. Yeah, but um, either way, they don't have to be fast though. So, yeah. So so without fear, I'd say without fear and all my friends. 
I really like. They're both like different, I and guess. That, and that's Dermot Kennedy. That's D-E-R-M-O-T Kennedy. You can get him fucking anywhere. Uh, he's a fantastic artist. We just saw him. So, And what about Brockhampton? Give me two from him. Brockhampton, um, for a slower one, I really like Tanya. Um, that was after, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they each get on and they're really raw about their feelings. Like, it's kind of like the slow rap, but it's like if you listen to the lyrics, like they're all going through some shit right. and they all just bring it to the table. Um, for, yeah, so for like a slower track, um, Gummy. <laughs> gummy, yeah, Gummy definitely that song gets me hyped. Like I'll turn that up in my car and I can rap most of it. So that's the shit. Yeah. I really like that song. So I'd recommend that those though. I feel like the songs I'm saying though, they're not, if you go to Spotify, they're not on their top five. So still, right. yeah, still listen to those songs, but I feel like Brockhampton is definitely, definitely an artist. Cause I, I think it was saturation two when I got into them and, but it, it gets to the point where you can kind of like, their stuff is so different. Like yeah. all of their songs are so different. So like you can really explore in depth of like, it's like, oh, there's their older stuff is is this way or their newer stuff is this way. It's like all of their stuff is just vastly different, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I still listen to the Saturation albums. They're great. Yeah. And they, yeah, like, I don't know for people that don't listen to me, but they are so different. Like, cause mo- a lot of artists have the same kind of rhythm or same, you know, some albums do kind of like have the same sound, but we're talking, I mean, these guys are like hardcore rappers and then there'll be a song that just bareface, which is one of the guys and he's just like singing his heart out about, yeah, about his life. And yeah, well, and, the, and they'll sing. It's really cool too. Uh, even relating back to like the talking about feelings and talking about like more, more real raw shit. Um, mm-hmm. like they'll like, like that whole situation where they had one of their like closest friends, their band members, like turn their back on, you know, whatever happened, they had to kick him out of the group. Um, like they would go out on stage and like just literally talk about those feelings and like you could see young kids in the crowd bawling for sure like the the connection that so many young people have to the artists on stage is is huge anyway and it's so cool to have artists that are like no we're going to talk about real shit like yeah maybe this isn't going to get us the numbers like maybe this isn't like for the party but this is like I don't know, man. It's it's pretty grueling to have to dig into the depths of your soul to write something that makes you cry and then try to perform it on stage for a bunch of people. Yeah, and one thing I really like about them, I feel there's a lot of different types of rap, so I'm not saying there's one kind, but, you know, like, from what my perspective and things I've realized, like, top 40, you know, ass, titties, like, you know, like, it's all rapping, you know, party. Like, you listen to these songs when you're partying, you listen to these songs at the club. Like, these guys are hardcore rapping but they're literally talking about their feelings like Mm -hmm. it's not they're not like yeah i'm gonna slay bitches tonight and you know it's not stuff like that like they are talking about stuff you can absolutely relate to and so that's what i love about even people on the fringes like kevin hart he's he's a gay black rapper abstract (laughs) kevin hart Hart, hilarious (laughs) yeah he's actually part of rockhampton newest member (laughs) kevin hart yeah he replaced him actually that's hilarious uh no no abstract uh, kevin abstract he's a gay black rapper and he talks about that like i mean I couldn't imagine like that, the tribulation that he's probably gone through yeah. just being a gay black rapper. Yeah. Like, even things like that, bringing that to the surface is just so cool, but actually making it enjoyable to listen to. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm a white dude from Kelso and I just, I enjoy the shit out of the, the music, you know? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think that's awesome that he can bring that to the, cause yeah, I mean, I guess it's more common now, but if you think about it, like it was probably really hard for 
like there aren't a lot of like open gay black rappers i feel oh, right, like yeah. like I, I feel more now but when they started it was probably like he's like all right like i just gotta he was not scared to be who he was mm-hmm. and just put it all out on the table well and as an artist when you do that it gives permission to to everybody i, I use mm-hmm. this reference on the podcast all the time when travis pastrana first did um, on a motorcycle when he first did a backflip within just a few weeks there was multiple people doing backflips yeah like you give people permission like he gets up there and he says hey here's who i am that's okay i'm gonna talk about it because there's people who who want to listen to it, you know, and and now there's young kids, there's other people, you know, their fans who now have permission to be fully themselves, like in whatever version they are. I love it. Yeah. It's like one of those things like, all right, my idol, they're talking about it. Like, like we're, we touched on this earlier, like I'm not the only one feeling this way. So, Mm. and I think that's really a great aspect about music too. Like you can relate, I relate to so many different lyrics. It doesn't matter if it's rap it doesn't matter if it's like acoustic guitar like it's just crazy how much you can relate yeah exactly so, i love it um what mackenzie time, what time is it we, we are getting well, that, i was trying i was gonna wrap it up here um i was trying to I think have to of, go to my sister's birthday i know i <laughs> want to be respectful to your time here so we will wrap it up so let's end it with this i was trying to, to fabricate this question so maybe you can help me i was thinking oh gosh is it gonna be hard no it's gonna be sick uh aliens they come down to earth right <laughs> this is, this is it. we're going with this aliens come down to earth you've traveled to quite a few places by now okay they they if, if you were in charge of the location that they come to because they're like we got to check out earth like we got like what's oh you got to show them that earth is pretty you got to show them that earth is awesome earth is like don't don't kill us earth is great see you got to show them that where are you going to have these aliens go oh man um, cause I haven't been everywhere, so I don't know. I, it, the first thing was Iceland, Iceland, yeah. like it, or Thailand. I know. Yeah. I, cause I haven't, I've been to a lot of Europe and stuff. Um, but yeah, cause I would say Iceland. I just, I love it so much. It has everything. It's so beautiful. Um, but that's my perspective. Mm-hmm. Where would you have them go? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, I, what's funny is instantly I think I thought of Tokyo, but I think I was just being selfish because that's where I want to go. I just want to go hang out there, but I'm not right. an alien. Because, uh, uh, yeah, know. I thought of like a big city. Do they want to see? Because, well, you said. I don't know if they should see beautiful. culture. I'd like take it, them to Westworld. To the Westworld. Take West. them to the Westworld. I'd take them to the Westworld. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Where they could do anything with the robots. For anyone who hasn't watched Westworld. Oh, yeah. The show oh Westworld God. is wild. I feel yes. like maybe those we are already about aliens. This. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen that show, you need to yeah, watch that. Yeah, like definitely top five. My favorite show. Savage. It's in the intro, genius. The intro just like calms your heart. It's beautiful visually and hearing yeah. wise. Why do I keep saying hearing wise? <laughs> it's okay. I've messed up a couple of times on this, or I like just zoned out. <laughs> oh, that's how it happens. Well, with the podcast, you realize that like... Oh, like people don't let me talk for this long. Like I didn't realize, like, am I good to keep going? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, um, for you guys who haven't been in Jake's basement, it's awesome. Like there's so much, there's a wall with like all these quotes and writing and it's really easy to get not lost, but yeah, lost in here. Um, I was reading everything and just like taking everything in earlier. So yeah, I feel like I'm like looking around and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I need to focus. <laughs> yes. No, that's good. I've, it's it's my little ADHD chamber. Uh, it's 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 cool. I, I've gotten, um, of course, I love it. But everybody who's come down here over uh, over for the podcast or musicians I'm working on have just been like, wow, this is incredible. I get it. Like it's a, it's you know what I want it to be is like a portal to like, yeah. like if you can come here and you feel like you can grab your most 
your most uh, inspirational side of yourself, if you feel like you can like connect to like your most artistic self, the most you, the most like part, the, the, the most part in you, the part in you that most loves yourself. I want yeah. that to be activated here in, in this portal, you know, and it's so great. Know, it's so. filled with so much positivity and yeah, just all the quotes on the wall are just keep going, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's, that's what I'll have. If aliens come down, they come on down here. to junkyard love. Yeah. I'll show you. They'll be like, Hey, what's a human brain like? And I'm like, I don't know. Look at the wall. Like I haven't figured it out. I'm trying. Yeah. And they'll try to decipher everything. Yeah. yeah it is funny. Bring though because, them to uh, Castle Rock. Yeah. Come to Castle Rock, Washington. We'll show you around <laughs> aliens. I had, I had Jay over here the other day and, she, and she's like, wow, it's incredible to be inside your mind here. And then she like looked around and I was like, oh, yeah, it is kind of like my mind just splattered everywhere. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it definitely feels like home. Like you could bring your, I could bring my journal here and just sit crisscross on the floor and probably write Please do. A Anytime. couple pages. Next yeah. time you're in town, if you need a date to just get away, I'll, I'll, I can put some headphones on and work on my shit and come to five out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much That'd for awesome. having me. Yeah, Mackenzie, it's so Sorry wonderful. Sorry I rambled on a lot. <laughs> you didn't ramble at all. No need to apologize. I'm glad I had you on here. Um, I just kind of like, I texted you yesterday and I was like, hey, you want to be on a podcast? Because you're in town. So I kind of caught you off guard. So I do appreciate you coming here and uh, sharing a little bit of your story. Um, I want to let you know that I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I uh, appreciate all the years that we've been friends. Um, I, I hope we have many more years of friendship. Um, oh, you, you've grown to be a wonderful, a wonderful, beautiful, inspiring woman. And I'm oh. glad that you're my friend. Oh, thank you. Same yeah. to you. Oh my God. Sorry. Oh. It's going to get all emotional. We're going to cry up in here. We're going to cry. We got to pause. Same, yeah, I feel the same way about you. Thank you so much. All right. It's been great. Listeners, have a good rest of your day. Drink some water. Take care of yourself. And next time you see a stranger, look them in the eyes and smile. Bye guys. Later.